Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Geeks and One Noob, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. On today's episode, we're talking about something that neither David or I have any clue about. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about wrestling. Wrestling or wrestling? Wrestling. Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> so, Caleb... Take it away, man. Oh, just throwing me in. Just right. throw you in, yeah. You throw <laughs> us <laughs> straight in the ring. <laughs> you throw us under the bus with some questions. It's time to throw questions you under a little bit. Questions versus a whole episode. Two different things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got questions. We do. Uh, like Wrestling is something that I've watched most of my life. Watched it on and off when I was a kid and then really got into it when I moved out. I guess like later part of high school and then after I moved out was when I watched it more consistently. And it's like still meet up with friends randomly and like hang out for some of the bigger pay-per-view events and whatnot. And so, yeah, like that's definitely something I'm pretty passionate about. So, yeah. Nice. So we're kind of going to switch it up a little bit tonight since it's kind of more of a one geek and two noobs kind of thing for this episode. So uh, we're kind of just going to throw it out there and do a, a Q&A, t- uh, Q&A style thing here and uh david you wanna yeah so start it off when did this form of wrestling like, really kick off and that could be when did it start and also when did it really come into its own? i mean this style of wrestling has always been has been around for a lot longer than most people realize it wasn't anywhere near to the level that it is now it kind of started off as like more of a circus sideshow Mm-hmm. In the beginning. And so that was like, there was the strongman type show showcase thing at some circuses and, and, and local shows and stuff like that had a bunch of random like wrestling type events. So it's like, it's been kind of on and off for a while. And then um, the first McMahon got the WWE started, which it was uh, an entirely different organization back then, but kind of got that started back in the 70s, 80s. I don't remember the exact starting point for their company, but it was actually around before that, but more in like a um, a regional type thing. Uh, so there's different regions throughout this country where people would wrestle and they just kind of like stick, stuck to their region and they were well known in that region. Then other people were known in their region and Vince McMahon, the McMahons were kind of the ones that said, we're going to take this more to a national scale and make this a bigger thing. And of course, it was really big in like London and Japan and, st- and places like of that as well. Of course, it was big in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well, back uh, over there, it's a little different. <laughs> I feel like the sumo wrestling is a little bit different. <laughs> well, that's not even sumo wrestling. <laughs> that's like, actual wrestling. Well, yeah, that's Japan true. is Good point. Uh, really big on the like wwe or entertainment style wrestling as well it's still that's true competitive yeah. and a really big scene over there and they actually despise wwe oh, really? they, don't, they don't like the that they're entertainers and not wrestlers but mm. like that is it's been it's a lot of different styles of wrestling are actually really big in japan nice mm. so the next question we have is um how real is it so, it is scripted right. where there's like like they already know who's going to win and like some of the matches are kind of like pre planned where mm-hmm. they'll like so the athletes will get together and like kind of walk through the steps and coordinate what they want to do and how they want to do the moves and so they and even in some cases too like some of the more 
talented or like bigger names in wrestling will just call the match live while they're in the ring with each other. And so it's like when they get close for the headlock and it's like, wow, this is a five minute headlock. Oh no, they're planning. <laughs> mm, so like, yeah. um, it, it's planned on that regard. The athleticism is very real. Mm-hmm. Like people actually get hurt regularly. There's been uh, several recent injuries uh, with like with the company AEW, for example, they had a recent pay-per-view and they just kind of like got, what they called the forbidden door curse was that was the name of the pay-per-view because they were teaming up with new Japan for Mm -hmm. a wrestling show and people were just getting hurt. What seemed like every week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they were just like, the injuries are very real. People get very seriously hurt. I mean, there's been broken necks, concussions, broken bones of all kinds. Like the athleticism and the injuries are very real. I mean, just like any, any other sport, like, or even like the circus, like all those things are very much pre-planned, but pulled like pulling their punches and they're not hitting people as hard like you're still take it's still an impact sport yeah absolutely so in that regard would would you say it's safer to say it's more it's more akin to um to stunt doubles stunt doubles with a script than it is to yeah uh, yeah i would say it's very very on par with like um with the stunt double type work it's a mix of the athleticism with the stunt double nature because it's like it's the scripting side and the planned stunts of that on top of the actual physicality of some of the sports i mean like with like one wrestler in particular seth rollins for example he was doing a move where he was supposed to kind of like flip over his opponent who was standing up on the ropes and he would land and then lift them up and slam them down. Well, the way that he landed, he tweaked his knee and just tore his ACL <sighs> just because of the landing. And so it's, he just immediately collapsed because obviously that was not planned. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's like, it does have some of that stunt work to it with like you said, the predetermined things and like the way that the mat bounces and everything like it's, you're still landing on plywood. So it's still going to hurt. Right. But yeah you're not landing on like cement outside unless it's one of those matches, (laughs) in which case that's exactly what you're landing on. Yeah. And it, it, uh, it's kind of one of those things that I was thinking of as you were talking of about it was like the whole doing it live rather than like pre-recording and stuff like that. It's Mm -hmm. like, like you see these things happen. So it kind of makes it feel a little bit more real, which is, I have a feeling that's why they do is to make it feel more like that. Yeah. Well, they, they used to do it recorded, uh, in well into the nineties and they stopped doing it that way. Partly because of demand and also just because of the competition they were in with another company, WCW, who they did all of their stuff live. And so as it was, happening it was airing on tv versus the pre-recorded segments and there was one week in particular where wcw thought it'd be funny to try and ruin wwe's ratings and we're like oh tonight on tonight's episode of raw mick foley wins the title so don't even bother watching their show what they didn't count on was how much people loved mick foley because they didn't value mick foley they fired mick foley and got rid of him from their company and just didn't have that value for him he came to wwe and wwe was like well you may not be our type of guy, but there's clearly that value. Yeah. And so they gave him a chance and they gave him the title and people watching at home are like, wait, who's getting the title? Oh, heck yeah. I'm going to watch this. And they tuned out <laughs> at WCW. And WWE, they were like, Oh crap. That was not what we planned. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, so growing up, part of the reason why I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah. Watch like WWE or WCW growing up. Uh, was largely in large part because back in college, my dad did wrestling. 
as a sport. Mm-hmm. And so it was very much of a, yeah, no, no, you're not watching this. This is fake. You're, it's just no. So how does, how, if you could put, put your finger on it, other than, obviously, it's more stunt work. How could you, how would, how would you describe the difference between this style of pro wrestling to people who are more on the competitive side? It's a couple different things. Some of the like some of the rules, for example, are different. Like for example, in mat wrestling, the way that you have to do a headlock is kind of somewhat restrictive. You can't do just a pure headlock with just that neck being gripped on like and like the way that you have to grip them and everything. Those those same rules aren't in effect in WWE style wrestling or the entertainment side of wrestling. Um, but also, it's it's not just pure mat based work. Yeah, because there's not you're not going to see in mat wrestling people picking up and slamming people to the same extent, <laughs> and so it, it's very and jumping, also off, not of jumping and, off of ropes, jumping off of ropes and flips, <laughs> and, yeah, like so it's it's more of that like mat rolling, which is coming from the more traditional side of the martial arts side of things, mm. whereas the entertainment side of wrestling is kind of coming from the mixed martial arts side of things, where it's a lot more athleticism, it's maneuvering, it's not just the restrictive holds that you're allowed to do like you there's a lot more wiggle room right. to it so uh, there's a lot of athletes that have are, have been um very successful mat wrestlers that have gone into wwe and or wcw aew so on and have been very successful for example kurt angle being one of the big ones where he was a olympic gold medalist back in i believe it was 96 when he won the gold medal in wrestling and he won with a broken neck and then after he healed and decided to walk away from the mat wrestling competitive side of things, joined WWE and became very successful and was a multi-time world champion and hall of famer and so on. And so like, there's lots of success going from the mat wrestling world into WWE. There's Kurt Angle, there's Brock Lesnar, who was an NCAA wrestling champion. There's Chad Gable, who was an Olympic level athlete. Um, I mean, there's actually been several Olympic level athletes that have competed and NCAA champions and even world record wrestling champions that have moved on into WWE. Nice. Very nice. So kind of on a similar note, you mentioned a few different names. Are they all just individual personas or are they part of a larger team or a faction or anything like that? Kurt Angle is just, that's his real name. That's what he's always gone by. And so that's how he... Uh, he just kind of, since he was such a big name and like an Olympic gold medalist, they were like, we're not going to change your name. Like you're an Olympic gold medalist. We're going to brand that name <laughs> and make something off of it. The other individuals, they, with the exception of Brock Lesnar, he's another one that's just, just like, no, this is me. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, like all of these wrestlers go by like personas or characters. And so very few wrestlers actually use their real name just because of like, especially like with WWE, for example, they're big on that marketing. And if they're going to hire someone and use them, they want to kind of brand it and get the money off of it. And they can't do that same kind of branding with uh, a person's real name because they obviously don't have the rights to your real name. And that was actually a really big back and forth court battle with another wrestler a number of years ago where they like owned the rights to his last name because his dad was a wrestler for the company. And mm. so they kind of got the rights to his name back then. And so it was this back and forth thing. And so now WWE just does not take chance on it. You're going to go by a persona that they will own period. Hmm. Gotcha. So whenever someone goes out on a talk show as 
So, for example, um, John Cena, John Cena, or us growing up probably would have mm. been uh, Randy Savage goes on as Macho Man. Right, actually, that was before our time, wasn't it? I don't know. I didn't watch wrestling, so <laughs> <laughs> I knew the characters. The noob. <laughs> I knew some of the characters, but that was about it. Like John Cena is another one of the examples. That it's actually his real name, and he's one of the few. Like Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar are the last two that are still actively wrestling that still have their actual names. And then, of course, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He goes by the Rock in the wrestling world. Everyone knows it's like, it's Dwayne Johnson. We know who he is. <laughs> well, is um, that because of more of him getting into acting? or? Well, it's he. It, it's a mix of that. Like He would occasionally mention his real name when he was wrestling, but it was always The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. And so it's like he was known as The Rock. And then when he left wrestling, he kept on to that name because that was kind of how people associated him, like they knew him. And he just added his effect at his effective middle name. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, I wonder if he actually changed it like legally. <laughs> I doubt it, but I wouldn't be surprised. I would not put it past him whatsoever. <laughs> well, I mean, every time I see him in credits, it's usually in quotes, which implies it's a nickname. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And more lately, it's been just Dwayne Johnson yeah. you know, in, in the credits. So I yeah, could probably, going back to that point you were making just then of like, no, they own the persona. Yeah. 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 That is true. And there's some people that like some of the bigger names like Dwayne Johnson that may actually have the rights to his own persona now, especially now that he's gone into Hollywood and become one of, if not the highest paid actor in Hollywood as of now. Yeah. And so they, <laughs> WWE can't really sit there and say, no, we own you. He's like, please. <laughs> <laughs> we own you. No, I own myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> I will buy you. <laughs> I will buy the rights to my persona back right after I finish my massive stack of whey protein. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so kind of switching gears a little bit um we kind of got a little bit of the backstory of wrestling and some of that more technical side of things but kind of switching into the the um more entertainment side of things of like the storylines and stuff like that like how do those how do those storylines actually play out like are they like like you said they're they're scripted out and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but like how do they actually play out in in the actual entertainment side of things? It's always interesting to kind of explain that because it's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But if I'm talking to another wrestling fan, then we go through that conversation in like five minutes and we're done. Right. Whereas when I'm trying to ex- like actually <laughs> explain it and process everything, I'm just like, uh, where do I begin? Well, uh, <laughs> explain so- like we're five. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, the storytelling and everything is always really interesting. So, let, uh, for example, let's talk about a more recent story where we had the wrestler I mentioned earlier, Seth Rollins. And he was competing. He's known as a heel. And in the wrestling business, there's heels and baby faces. Baby face is the good guy. The heel is the bad guy. And he was a heel, or is a heel. And he was just going around, and he was. they were building up to WrestleMania, he was like, you can't have WrestleMania without Seth freaking Rollins and just doing all this heel stuff and trying to like kind of force his way into WrestleMania. And eventually he just like shows up at uh, Vince McMahon's office and is like doing his whole heel shtick and like being goofy. And Vince is like, all right, I'll give you a match at WrestleMania. All he had to do was ask. He's like, all right, cool. Who do I get to face? And Vince is like, I'm not going to tell you. Just show up. You'll see. And so, like, the day of WrestleMania, we had this huge debut of Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE, which no one really thought he was going to because he was the one 
in the court battle with WWE to get his last name back. <laughs> <laughs> so no one thought he was ever going to come back to WWE, uh, but he shows up and it's like set up this like surprise of Rollins was just like, oh, okay, not what I expected. <laughs> All right. And just this back and forth, they had a great match and it was a really fun show. And it kind of built into that story where Rollins was like, all right, well, I wasn't prepared for you at Mania. You were prepared for me. Let's have a rematch. I'm ready for you now. And it kind of snowballed into another match where Rollins lost again. And then he starts getting more angry. And as the heel, as a heel would do, jumps him and starts beating him up. It was like, no, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this and goes into another match. And so it's, especially in WWE, it tends to be a lot more drawn out in mm-hmm. other companies. They'll have the build up for two weeks, maybe a month where they build up to a big match. And then after the match is over, they don't have very many rematches in mm-hmm. AEW. They tend to do a lot more sh- shorter stuff because they want to build more people as opposed to focusing around the same handful of people for an extended period of time. So it's a little different with them, but with WWE, they always do that storytelling. And there's even little things like in ring storytelling that not everyone does. Cause a lot of people go out there and they, they're great at the athleticism, but they don't have that same kind of storytelling with their character work in the match. Mm-hmm. And so there's one Alexa bliss who was very good at that storytelling with her character. And she's like, she's another heel in the business. And she, is this like five foot nothing doesn't look composing, but just like beats the crap out of people. <laughs> and <laughs> in one of her matches, she was getting mad and she was like looking like she was like pitching a fit. Cause she wasn't like, things weren't going the way she wanted. And in like this one lockup with the opponent, she like pulls away and is like holding her arm and her arm is like bending backwards at the elbow. Mm. And it's just, it looked like she was injured and everyone was like, Oh no, this is bad. Cause like, like even me watching wrestling my whole life, I'm sitting there like, Oh crap, that's an injury. Like, we're, and like the ref threw up the sign saying it was an injury and we're like, Oh no, this is bad. The opponent goes over to check on her and she just pops up and just corks off a fist to the face. <laughs> Turns out she's double jointed. No one knew this. She had never teased it, never <laughs> talked about it. And she used it to her advantage as a bad guy Dang. and just pretending to be hurt. And then, bam, fist to the face. I win. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. So kind of getting in, that kind of gets into that point you were making earlier where it is predominantly scripted, but there are those moments where someone's going to ad lib. Yeah. Nice. And, and there's like that wasn't an ad lib. I believe that was actually planned. Um and they'll do like those fake injury angles where the ref will throw up the symbol saying someone's been injured. They've done that before. Um, but this match wasn't one of those physical matches where it's like, oh, that's where it's leading. I can kind of tell. There's no blood and guts. There's no people busting out weapons. Like it was just a normal Cheers. match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just a normal match. So when he threw up that, I was just like, oh, no, this is bad. And then she punches her. I'm like, oh, you cheeky bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right. So I have a a quick side question. This is not in our list of questions, but um, (laughs) uh, I do know of one person that I believe got into uh, wrestling not too long ago. I think it was like a year or two ago um, that came from the American Ninja Warrior, uh, Casey Catanzaro. Mm hmm. It's been a few years for her now, yeah. Right. Is, she, like, got, is she, she started wanna... before the lockdown and pandemic, Right, so. yeah. Because she quit out of uh, American Ninja Warrior, uh, like like you said, a couple mm. couple years ago. And... She, I believe she started late 2018, early 2019, mm-hmm. around there. Right. Okay. 
Um, does she have a separate persona as well, or is she? Does she, she have a? She's another one that goes by her actual name because uh, of how because well she's of, known. Yeah, she's already got that popu- popularity, and so it's another thing where they're like, okay, well, we can use this to kind of bring your fans in and yeah. like, kind of use that. Cool. Um, has she been a part of any of the? the stories that you've seen or is she it... is currently on nxt which that's basically it was always intended to be kind of the build up to get someone ready to move up to okay the main roster on raw or smackdown but it's kind of become its own separate brand where it still is used for some of the more green talent which is a term for just the uh, unfamiliar like those yeah. less versed in wrestling yeah um, little green behind the ears yeah, yeah exactly and so like the more green talent are going to be more commonly there and you're not really going to see some of the really big names like basically if you're going to work in wwe unless you're a really big name you're going to start in nxt and eventually move up right. even if you are incredibly talented like it's yeah. just how it is okay um but she's on nxt and she's currently the tag team the women's tag champ on oh, nxt nice. that's cool I'm a, I was a really big fan of her in American Ninja Warrior, so <laughs> one of the first women to hit a buzzer in in American Ninja Warrior. Oh yeah, Warrior, she was so. she yeah. was great in Ninja Warrior, and she's actually done really well in wrestling too. Nice, cool. All right, so com- coming back from that little tangent, uh, <laughs> uh, what are uh, a couple of the storylines that you follow? Like, do, are there any of your like favorite ones that you? that you go after and like, I have to watch this particular storyline or is it just kind of a free for all? It's a little bit of a free for all. There are some wrestlers that I actively keep up with. And even though like, I don't really watch WWE all that much anymore. I'll watch NXT and then I watch AEW every week, but I don't really watch raw and SmackDown because I don't have time to watch five hours of TV. (laughs) (laughs) Raw is three hours. SmackDown is two. So my yeah, I, I just don't have that kind of time yeah. anymore. Um, but I, I do still actively keep up with a handful of wrestlers. And like Alexa Bliss, who I mentioned earlier, is one of my favorites. And she's probably my favorite female wrestler, just period. Mm-hmm. And she's great. And she always does really entertaining storylines. And like right now, she's doing this like kind of spooky horror-esque type character where she was uh, originally working with a character named The Fiend. And he would like go out there and he's like when he was like in his normal character, not being the fiend, he was kind of like a Mr. Rogers type goofy guy, like going out there. He lose all of his matches. It just wasn't really all that imposing. But then when he would like shift into the fiend and he'd have the mask on and like wouldn't have the sweater, the cardigan on anymore. And just it was like a completely just a monster that would destroy everyone. Mm-hmm. And she like kind of partnered with him and started doing the spooky like doll type character with him. Ooh. And it's just it's <laughs> she does it so well. And part of why I keep up with her care her as a whole is because everything she's been given character wise, she is just absolutely blown out of the park. There's an extended extended period of time where she was injured and could not compete. And so she was just doing these little sit down interview segments each week on the show and while the like the interviews themselves were kind of and just because it's all scripted and kind of like what it is what it is the little things she would do would kind of capture your attention it's like in one of the one of the segments she was sitting there interviewing someone someone else comes out and like starts arguing with the person she was interviewing it was like let's have a match and then the other girl was like yeah alexa come on join she's like, fine she just picks up her coffee mug and just walks down and just leans against the ring with her coffee mug and just 
completely uninterested in what's happening. She's just <laughs> present. And just her sitting there with a coffee mug. And somehow people fell in love with that and started buying T-shirts of her with a coffee <laughs> mug. And it's just like, well, how did you make that work? Nice. Um, just, and that wasn't planned. Like, she wasn't p- supposed to take the coffee cup with her. And she just sat there and she's like, well, if I'm not going to wrestle, I'm going to finish my coffee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So, like, she's a big one that I keep up with. Um, and then another, like, Adam Cole, who is just probably my favorite male wrestler, is incredible in the ring. And, like, the character work and the storytelling and the stories he's involved with are always really entertaining. Um, just back and forth. He recently, like, turned on two of his, like, longtime best friends in wrestling. And so he's going, doing the whole heel thing where him and two other buddies, like, turned on the two of them and there's this like back and forth between the two of them and a guy that just returned who like those six wrestlers were with each other a lot throughout the independent scene and in Japan and whatnot. So they all know each other very well, have this longstanding history, traveled the road together. And for him and the other two guys to turn on those guys is just like this big thing. And it's like showed kids in the crowd crying and all upset and everything. So <laughs> one of my favorites, uh, a wrestler named Shayna Baszler, who she's a former MMA UFC fighter and transitioned to wrestling, did very well with that transition. She does that like great heel work where she's just pissing off people. And if you haven't noticed the trend, I'm a fan of villains. It is what it is. Um, but she's there's this other female wrestler who is very popular named Bailey. And when they were both in NXT, there was this one girl that would go to every week's wrestling show dressed up as Bailey, holding up a sign, like, and just doing everything she could to look exactly like Bailey. And, like, Bailey was her hero. And one week she gets out of the ring after beating up Bailey and uh, beating Bailey, and the girl's crying and, like, yelling at her. And she goes, You know what? You did this. Gets back in the ring and puts Bailey into a chokehold and is just staring at this girl and just screaming. And it's just <laughs> like, Dang. This, like, that heel work is just like, Oh, you're a douche. I want to see you lose. (laughs) It's just like, she does so well with that, like villain persona. It's just like, you made a kid cry and you did very well. (laughs) So you're a love to hate kind of, (laughs) kind of person. Well, like I always, I've always said like a villain is only as good as, or a hero is only good as the villain that they're fighting. It's like, if you look at like anime, for example, Goku's kind of a boring character. If you didn't have Frieza, Vegeta, Cell, Boo, if you didn't have any of them to fight, you'd just be a big dork that eats a lot and wants to fight. Like, right. <laughs> whereas, yeah. like, the villain is what kind of makes the story. And that's the way that you'll see it in a lot of wrestling. Like, there's a lot of heroes that go out there and they're just smiling, happy go lucky. I'm so glad to be here. I've lost 1,400 times in a row, but hey, I have a job. And it's just, yeah, boo you. Go away. <laughs> and the villain is like the one that's like poking the crowd, getting the reactions. They're doing that storytelling and it's like making you want to like boo them. But in some cases, like the more they do, the more you're like, no, I'm going to cheer you. You're great. Yeah. So yep. the villain like really makes or break the story for sure. Yeah. Gotcha. So quick aside, but uh, from a lot of what you've mentioned so far, it sounds like a lot of the actual storytelling element isn't in the actual matches themselves. It can be, but it's predominantly sounds like through a lot of the promotion, a lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of the like out of ring promo work and mic work where they're talking back and forth and arguing and building that story. And just with the way that the company promotes it and does their big like advertisement videos and stuff like the way they build it up. There is like those handful of people that do the in-ring storytelling, but that's not as common as it used to be. It's definitely more so out of the ring where they do the storytelling, and then in the ring is where you see the athleticism. It was like Ricochet, who recently 
uh, did commentary for um, American Ninja Warrior. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had this really fun story where he had just finished a match and he's like just he's known to be like the most athletic guy in wrestling, just like the flips and the speed and the things that he does. It's just like they they call him like the man that gravity forgot because of the things that he can do and the height that he gets with his jumps. Um, Like he did this one match where he was standing on top of the cage and did a double backflip onto people standing in the ring at the bottom of it. And it's just like, just the rotation and the height and speed is just like, Holy crap. How do you do that? Yeah. Um, But he was having this back and forth with another wrestler and the guy was like, I'm just as good as you. Everything you can do, I can do better. And Ricochet runs, jumps over the top rope and like several feet through the air and lands on his feet right in front of him and gets in his face and goes, then do it. <laughs> just like the little <laughs> stuff like that. And it's just like knowing full well that Ricochet is genuinely the only person on the planet that can do what he just did. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Although I have seen a couple of people in American Ninja Warrior that might might rival it here and yeah. there, because well, it's just, like that was like several like so the ring is several feet off of the ground, yeah, and then the ropes are another s- several feet oh, off yeah. of the top of the mat. So he, like he was several feet up in the air and f- got across several feet distance wise as well. Yeah, dang, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um. So, uh, sorry, just lost my train of thought there. <laughs> um, I have one last question, but uh, we got a little bit more time to kind of throw around a couple more questions. But um, what are some of your favorite moves from your favorite characters? Because you kind of covered some of your favorite <sighs> your favorite characters, which was one of our questions. Uh, <laughs> but well, like, do I they have go any further into that? Because I only covered a few, so I'd be happy to go back to that <laughs> one after this. The favorite moves, oh man, there's one that I absolutely love called the Spanish Fly. And so, if so, like for that one, someone, uh, one person would be standing up on the top rope, the other person would jump up onto the top rope, standing next to them, facing the opposite direction. And that person will do a backflip while the other person does a front flip. Ooh. And so it's like they jump backwards or they jump in the air, do the rotation. And then one person lands on their back, which is like the harder impact, quote unquote. And it just it always Ooh. looks good. Like, yeah. It doesn't look like it's something that would actually hurt if you know how to do tumbling and jumping and all of that. Mm-hmm. But it always looks great. Yeah. Another one is called uh, the Red Arrow. And the guy that does that, he... I actually think I misspoke. I think he's the one that pe- they say gravity, the man that gravity forgot thinking about it. Cause he does this, he jumps, does a standing back flip while rotating sideways as he's flipping backwards. And so it's like, it's hard to explain, but he's like flipping backwards, but also like rotating as he does that mm-hmm. and lands on his torso on top of the other person. And so it's like, it's the diving finishing move. That one's just great to see. I love seeing that one. Um, I love a good spear and that's just a football tackle. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it's like, if you get the, like there's only a handful of people I think actually do it really well. And Roman Reigns just chef's kiss. It's beautiful the way he does it. (laughs) My absolute favorite one that he did, he comes running down the entrance ramp and there is the big show. Who's like seven foot four, like 300 something pounds. Like he is a 
big human being. Massive. <laughs> yeah. And Roman comes running down the ramp and just dives and does this massive tackle and like Big Show drops and he's almost vertical in the air just planting Big Show into the ground. Goldberg was another one that just had a beautiful spear. And both of them have former football experience. They were both... That would explain something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's like they're just great. If you If it's done well, it looks absolutely miserable to take <laughs> there's some people that just looks like they're hugging you and kind of guiding you down to the ground it's like no that's not a spear that's a cuddle <laughs> um, like a lot of mma <laughs> or like that's floyd mayweather pulse. matches uh, i was about to say it's like watching the pauls do boxing <laughs> uh, there's another one that's a little bit more simple but the opponent would be like standing in the corner kind of leaning their back against the corner turnbuckle and the other guy would just come running across jump in the air and just knees right into the chest like mm. at full speed and so it's like it Cannonball. looks gnarly <laughs> it looks really gnarly um almost like a oh, like yeah. a fastball special kind of thing kind of yeah. yeah seth rollins has a great finishing move he it does a variation of the curb stomp for his finishing Ooh. move and so like he'll run as they're starting to pick up and he just jumps up and like slams them slams their face down in the mat with his foot and like Ooh. So there's like and most of them are more of the like impact based finishing moves that I enjoy, and then the handful of the high flying stuff as well. Yeah, the submission stuff like I did wrestling as a kid too, so like I already know how to do those things. I don't want to see that. I want to see people go flying. I want to see you eat someone out of the ring. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I have to go back just to just a, a second to explain something to David because this is this is. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy, heresy, uh, <laughs> but he doesn't know it. So in X-Men, uh, when um, Colossus throws Wolverine <laughs> yeah. oh, and into like an enemy, that's yeah. called the fastball special. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> one last finishing move before we move on is the power bomb. Okay. So like they get them like, so it's like the opponents like on all four sitting on the ground, they pick them up have their head like between their legs and they just lift them in the air and just slam them mm. on their back and so that's classic it's there. like a flying suplex basically right it, uh, no not really it's like there's no good way to explain it but like so they like their head is between the knees they grab them around the waist lift them up to where they're like facing that way and their head is above them and mm. they just slam them down on their back yeah gotcha okay classic move <laughs> that is a classic move. Yeah. That one's been around for a very long time. And can either confirm or deny if I did that to my sisters on the trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Me and a friend of mine in high school used to actually like do full on matches with each other on the trampoline throughout high school and just go out there and just wrestle each other, calling the match and like, like bias, of course, but they were pretty good. Like we actually had a few good <laughs> matches that we put on, um, and just nice. had some fun. It's like cage matches. <laughs> there was oh, a no, few times. Oh, was Spider Man. <laughs> there, there, there were a few times that I would get up on the fence ready. and do a flip off the fence onto the my friend on the trampoline. So it's, you know, very nice. All right, so <sighs> I keep doing that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Switch this a little bit. I'm a, I have two questions for you, David. Oh, boy. <laughs> Number one, would you go see a match? Maybe. Okay. I will say live <laughs> is a very different experience. And, like, I would be happy to take the both of you with me for a live <laughs> event. Because it's just so much fun. And hearing the crowd reacting, it's like, 
one of the live events I went to, John Cena was there, and when his music hit, just the sheer noise. Oh my I will <laughs> never forget that feeling of just this wall of noise hitting me, and it was like that combination of all of the women and children cheering and all of the men booing. <laughs> but just... I, I don't understand. I thought he couldn't be seen. <laughs> <laughs> It's just his pop figure, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. But just the sheer amount of noise that hit that room. It's like when they say like the roof blew off of this place, it legitimately felt like that. It was one of those moments with just the sheer volume yeah. of that. Um, it's just it, it is a very different experience seeing it live, just hearing the interactions. And like it's so funny too, just hearing the crowd because there's always like, Roman Reigns for a long time was booed because like they were trying to make him a good guy, but they were shoving him down everyone's throats. Mm. And so the fans were just like, you're not going to tell me I like him. You're doing that too much. Screw you. I hate him now. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, he would always get booed when he come out. And there's just this one guy at one of the live events that just started trolling the crap out of the fans around him when he came out and it's like, he would start doing Roman's taunts. It's like, Oh yeah, Roman's winning. Just talking so much trash. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Cause it's like, I, I honestly, it got to the point where it was like, I stopped paying attention to the match. And I started watching him because he was freaking funny and he was just selling <laughs> everything so well. So a live event is a very different experience. I would yeah. be more than happy to take you guys with me sometime. All right. Yeah. That was kind of the reason, one of the reasons why I asked, because it was like, the way you're talking about it actually really sounds like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> like, I have never been into wrestling my entire life, so, like, that's why I love this show, because, like, it it brings a whole new perspective to mm. things that someone would not have recent or uh, previously had interest in. You can get excited about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like after so, we finish this recording, I can show you guys some of those moments that I talked about on YouTube. It's just like now I, like having me explain it, it it brings a different perspective to yeah. it. Because if you're just oh, sitting yeah, down absolutely. watching wrestling and you don't really know some of the ins and outs, like you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. There's right. no really no in between. Whereas if you know some of the ins or outs, even if it's not something that's for you, you'll have that appreciation for it because you're like, oh, well, like maybe I can see a little bit of character work there. It's like, oh, that was kind of a cool move. Oh, what a bastard over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So the other question I had for you, David, was, and it kind of goes along with the same, this, the previous question was, what, and I asked this about uh, D&D with you, Caleb. What would it take for you to get interested in it? Because to to me, like I I'm not necessarily like full on interested in 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 wrestling, but I would love to go see a match just to see some of those things that he was describing. Right. Same. So like for you, like what would that be? Like something that would be enticing to you. So one in similar to what you were saying earlier with the previous response, I think it helps to see someone else to. To get into some, uh, into something because someone you know already has that interest and already has that energy, it, it gets them all jazzed and excited about it. Yeah. Kind of makes you want to see it, too. Mm -hmm. So that alone is like, yeah, okay, I, I'll give this a shot. Yeah. yeah. But beyond I would say that, before, quick intervention yeah, here, before paying the money to see it live, because that can be kind of pricey, like some of the cheaper tickets where you can actually see what's happening, you're looking at like $60 or more. Mm -hmm. So... That's it, it like depending on where you're sitting and location, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but like maybe one of these days, like for 
one of the pay-per-view events, we could hang out and watch that. And I can kind of like talk about it. And that's also like, you don't have to pay for parking, pay for the ticket, drive <laughs> right, there, yeah. buy food, Unless you buy park drinks. in the wrong spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's on you. If you come over to a place you go to all the time and park in the wrong spot, I got nothing for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if you guys were interested, we could start with something like that where we just like watch maybe one of the like NXT pay-per-views, for example, because yeah. that yeah. tends to be a little bit more athletic or an AEW pay-per-view. Highly recommend <laughs> and start with that and then kind of see, okay, am I interested in seeing this live in the stadium or no, nah, that was good. I've got my fill. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the other thing is one thing that you saw always in Strongly is, uh, is um, stunt work. Mm-hmm. So if I was over at my grandparents and it was late, okay, yeah, I'm watching Bam. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, just because I mean, it's that stunt work, it's that ability, to, it, it's it's seeing what other people can pull off. Mm. So th- there's something intriguing. And there's about also that a little bit of that, like, kind of want to see someone get hurt sometimes. <laughs> 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 just a little. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing with with American Ninja Warrior for me. It's like it it's seeing what's possible mm-hmm. and seeing what other people work that hard to do. Yeah. And like some of it is me going, I wish I could do that. Or I really need to get into shape. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. David, do you have any other questions that you want to ask before I ask my last question? So we've gotten another one though. Um, And again, you've kind of hit on this. Um, There are a few actors who have gone into wrestling, a handful of actors who have come out of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, John Cena, Dwayne Johnson, Batiste, um, Dave Batista, Batista, uh, oh, even she, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, a little bit too. Yeah. Well, she was like from MMA to wrestling and kind of did a little bit of acting in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, Austin, Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what about some other, other personas or other, actors whatever the case may be more accurate now mm-hmm. that you kind of want to highlight that you think either don't get as much recognition as they should or they're in a position where yeah they're not going to be getting that recognition but they're still doing awesome work i would definitely say mike mizanin is a big one he goes by the miz in wrestling and um he's done some acting work and he's a really good actor the problem is most of the movies he've been in have been wwe studios so they're like d-list movies <laughs> yeah like yeah. the scripting and storytelling in a streaming era yeah <laughs> yeah no that's actually spot on oh. <laughs> yeah um like it's not even it went to of... vhs somehow what the crap <laughs> Betamax, what <laughs> yeah and it's like and it's nothing against him like the movies are actually like far more enjoyable than you might think because of his work because he is a very good actor um it's just like, again, like the advertising wasn't good. The story was underwhelming. The script was outside of his work was. Um, <laughs> so he but he is a very good actor and I can't recommend just checking him out enough just because of how talented he is. He went from being just a host of um, like an MTV show and like having basically no wrestling background to being one of the top heels of the company wow. in WWE at that. And nice. so it's like, he's just, he, he's very talented. I can't speak highly of him enough. Um, Kevin Nash has done a handful of acting stuff. He played, 
He was a very, very small role, but he was in the first John Wick, and he was in the Adam Sandler Longest Yard movie. And in, in John Wick, he was the bouncer of the club that John oh. Wick was like, yeah, you're going to walk away. I was like, understood. <laughs> so, so like, again, very, very small role, but he was there. He couldn't really do stunts at that point because he had had like a million quad surgeries. So <laughs> it's amazing he can walk, let alone do anything else. Yeah. yeah. I, I do have to uh, throw a shout out for um, uh, Dave Bautista, though, because mm. I happen to think of something that one of his first acting gigs was in the show Smallville. Mm. He played he played an alien from the uh, the Phantom Zone that made his way into the. Uh, into earth and he uh he did some uh wrestling in the show and it was like yeah well it's funny because a lot of (laughs) actors that if especially if they're only doing like a one-off thing you'll see them bust out some of their moves oh yeah in their movies and so like triple h for example was in blade trinity and his fight with ryan reynolds towards the end of the movie he did a spine buster to ryan which is like he like kind of like grabbed onto him lift him up and then just slammed him down on his back and Mm. so it's like it's a fairly simple move but he's really known for doing that a lot in his matches yeah and so he did that to ryan reynolds in that movie uh i think batista did like a power bomb or a slam or something in a handful of movies um and so it's like you and goldberg went and did the longest yard movie and just like did his version of the spear with one of his tackles. <laughs> and it's just, which is, again, it's just a football tackle. Right. So yeah. Just took the dude out of his <laughs> shoes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knocked his helmet off. So like, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. Like Batista got his big start with guardians of the galaxy and took oh, off yeah. from there. And he's done several movies. He was in my spy, which uh, is such an underrated so movie. Good. It does not get, the appreciation it deserves. It's such a fun, goofy movie. It is. Um, well, he also did a great job in, um, oh, which one was it? Inspector? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, he also only had oh, yeah, one yeah, line, yeah. Inspector. True, but I mean, that was a very physical role. Oh, it was. I'm not taking anything away from it. I just think it's funny, like that one line, which I'm not going to repeat on the family show. <laughs> right. Just the one line as he's about to just get yanked out of their train. It's just, it was hilarious. But <laughs> again, very physical role, like you said. And he was also in Netflix's Army of the Dead, which was really fun. Really, It was funny, that. yes. Um, <laughs> So he was a big one. Uh, Steve Austin has done a handful of movies. He's also another one that hasn't done a ton of bigger movies. He was also in Longest Yard. So and he had Chuck. that. And Chuck, yeah. Um, really, like, John Cena and Dwayne Johnson are the big ones that have gotten some of the bigger movies yeah. since leaving wrestling. But they're also the ones that put forth a lot more effort into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The other wrestlers, like, they tried to do some acting, but they didn't, like, just go out there and say, give me all of the Jungle movies like Dwayne Johnson did. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. All right. So to wrap this up, I feel like we have to do, and this is going to be my last question of sorts. I think we would, uh, what, what's the word? Um, pontificate. <laughs> <laughs> That's do, a word. <laughs> we would do ourselves a disservice by not doing at least one versus in this show. Because it's wrestling. So, I have one one versus, and you can laugh it off if you want. <laughs> and it's going to be between one person uh, that is a wrestler and one that is not a wrestler. And who do you think would win? So, my the one that's the wrestler would be John Cena. Or, is that, is that the one that I wanted? 
one to do. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the hamster again. Yup, there's the hamster. I was trying to think. There was two. There was John Cena or... You had mentioned Batista earlier. Batista. I don't know if that's the one. No, it wasn't Batista. It was... I think it was John Cena. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. It was The Rock. The Rock. Okay. okay. So, between The Rock, Johnson, mm-hmm. and Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. Who do you think would win? Oh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Because as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger was when he was doing the bodybuilding, I feel like John Johnson's actually bigger now. He's built like a freaking truck. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. He's a diesel. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with Dwayne Johnson. Not Vin, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with Dwayne Johnson on that one. Uh, that is a tough one, just because like Arnold Schwarzenegger is just known for being the tough guy with right. his movies. So. And how big he was in he his prime. He was very big in his prime, for sure. But, but he wasn't also, as athletic. Well, also, he wasn't he was as like athletic. the size of Andre the Giant, who well, was in wrestling. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's muscles have muscles at this point. Like, yeah. He is freaking big <laughs> he is so big it's now so funny to see some of his older movies and oh before he put on all before the muscle, he put on all the yep. muscle just like holy cow yeah he was almost skinny oh yeah it's weird watching something like uh rampage and then going back and watching um freaking uh <laughs> scorpion. scorpion king yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he was that was actually like he was bigger in scorpion king was uh, than he was when he first started wrestling like when he first started wrestling, he was tall and pretty skinny. Like had muscle, obviously, but nowhere near what he has now. <laughs> if he has a lot of muscle now. Yeah, I mean the the one I was thinking of was um, uh, it's not walking tall. It's the the one where he where he's the sheriff. Or no, the sheriff is taken out. Right. It was a it was a comedy where he was with or he was um, definitely not walking tall. <laughs> no, it was it was definitely a comedy. Um, the only comedy I can think of with him was him and uh, Kevin Smith in Central in Central, Central Intelligence, Intelligence, and that was funny. <laughs> Kevin Hart, uh, Kevin Hart, thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, he was also in uh, Get Smart. It was a comedy. That's right, he was. I was in Get Smart. I mm-hmm. forgot about that. He wasn't one of the funnier characters in Get Smart, True. but <laughs> him and Kevin. Kevin Hart work very well together. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. And I'll have to show you guys a video after this. There's a video of the two of them where they're playing this game in some interview, and they have to fill their mouth with water, and they both just have these, like, well, they look like tortillas, but they're rubber. Oh, I saw and that. They're slapping each other. Trying to <laughs> I did see that, yeah. It's so friggin' funny. Kevin Hart's just dying as he, after smacking <laughs> the crowd. Uh, Probably because he knows if he... If he tried to hit him outside of that context he would not be surviving oh, yeah. the encounter yeah. oh yeah <laughs> it's like i can get away with it now i do want to like quickly point out some goofy moments from like crossovers with other people coming into wrestling there's a scene that i told you guys about where uh hugh jackman was there for a wrestling show advertising a movie and he goes out there to the ring and is like talking crap to another wrestler and the wrestler like isn't like not expecting it, he turns around and and Hugh Jackman just comes up and just punches him in the face. And in an interview, that wrestler coming is like, he did not pull his punch. He actually knocked the crap out of me. With that. <laughs> <laughs> just full on cold cocked me. <laughs> Sorry, uh, the rundown was the movie I was talking about. Rundown. Okay, I don't remember that one. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Later conversation. I think I will have okay. to lean with Dwayne Johnson just partly because of his athleticism and how big he is now, too. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'd have to go with him. Though that would be a very interesting. It would matchup. be so weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. It's like watching uh, the old Rocky movie, or not the old, mm. the newer Rocky movie where they do the digital fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Yeah. But, anyways. So, oh. Actually, now that you bring that up, I've got one too. Okay. So, you mentioned him before, and you've mentioned him a handful of times off, off air with us. Uh, I seem to recall he's one of your favorites. The Triple H versus uh, Finn Diesel. Hmm. And Vin Diesel's got some of the athletic stuff. So. Yeah, Vin Diesel does they, have some athleticism too. They're yeah. roughly, roughly the same size from what you've shown. I've not seen them compared. I think but Triple H is taller, and I wouldn't he, think much. Fair. <laughs> he did have more muscle mass than Vin Diesel <laughs> did when he was like actively wrestling and in his prime. It's uh, kind of a. I think I'd have to give the edge to Diesel on that one. I do think it'd be a pretty close matchup, especially with just how massive Triple H is. Like, he's a huge dude. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I just ever so slightly have to give the edge to Diesel. Okay. Nice. Especially just thinking of, like, Chronicles of Riddick Diesel. Yup. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, I'd give the edge to Diesel on that one, I think. And Triple H is great, and he was freaking huge during his prime, too. Like, but yeah, diesel. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> cool. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode. But if you all been enjoying the conversation at home, please share us with, uh, with your friends and family. And past that, you all have a good one.